Welcome to Tribe Talk, where we focus on the topics that will help you improve your mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. I'm Dr. Elena Villanueva, and helping people improve their mental health is my passion. I'm Ann Hutira, and nutrition is my passion. Together, we invite you to be a part of our tribe and learn how addressing the root causes of your symptoms can bring you improved health and wellness. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the next hour of Tribe Talk. Hi, everyone. Thanks for being with us again today. Uh, we're so excited that all of you are coming back to join us for our second part. We're talking with Dr. Judy Mikovits today. Uh, we talked with her on Friday about some of the research that she's worked on um, in her experience in dealing with viral issues and a lot of the science behind this current coronavirus that's out there. And um, Dr. Judy is joining us again today, and we're going to dive into a couple of topics. You know, last time we had so many questions from all of you that we didn't get to all of those questions. So we're going to have uh, Dr. Judy address some of the questions we didn't get to last time. Um, we're also going to dive into the issue of vaccines and talk about that for a little while. And we wanted to just let you all know that uh, you can still submit some questions for us to get to today if we have a chance. You can use your chat box that is there at the bottom of your screen. There's also a Q&A box. So you can use either the chat or the Q&A box um, to input your questions for Dr. Judy or Dr. V for today. And we're going to try to get to as many questions as we can. And uh, we're going to get started in just a moment. We're allowing everybody to enter here into the room. We have Dr. Judy joining us in just a second. We're told she was just wrapping up another interview and she's going to hop on here with us in just a minute. But again, we want to thank you all for taking the time to join us for Tribe Talk. If you're here for the first time and you missed our previous podcast, you can go to our YouTube page at Modern Holistic Health and you can find all of our previous episodes there. You can also find us on iTunes, on Spotify, and on Podbean. And we do have a special Facebook group uh, called Crusaders for Health. You can go and join our group there. And we also put um, all of our um, past episodes there as well. Um, so lots of ways for you to catch up on all the topics we've talked about before. Um, but right now we're, I know everybody, the hot topic is, is the coronavirus and COVID and what to do if you get sick. So that's what we're going to be addressing again today with Dr. Judy. And she should be hopping in here in just a moment. So everybody hang tight for just a minute. We're going to get started here in just a second. All right, there we go. We're having a few technical issues, Dr. V, but I think we got that situated. Dr. Judy, hi, thanks for being with us again today. So happy to see you. Hi, good to be back. How are you? Hi, Dr. Judy, it's so good to see you again. I heard you just got off of a really big interview. We're so excited about that. Yeah, we keep talking. Um, yeah, uh, the, the true pundit, Thomas Paine, Mike Moore. Um, so yeah, long interview trying to, you know, just keep staying out there. So 
I think I start at seven in the morning most mornings with interviews, and on Wednesday it'll be five thirty in the morning with a, a, a radio show um, for a couple hours, and then I'm also doing in Atlanta United Intentions with Tim Ray um, Wednesday morning. So yeah, we're trying to you know keep talking um, till everybody wakes up and 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 we can help everyone heal from this COVID nineteen. That's amazing. That's amazing. You're doing incredible work. If you ever need me to send you some, some more vitamins to keep you going, <laughs> just, good. just let us know. Yeah, we were, we were really fortunate this morning. We were able to get on uh, good morning, Washington. And, and I was able to, um, I was able to, you know, spread the message without, you know, trying not to be polarizing, but trying to spread the message on getting outside and some vitamin D and giving people updated statistics on the 0.1% you know, so, um, you know, we'll keep working together. All of us just need to work together to help people wake up and to help them to walk away from all of that fear. So thanks yep. again. So we've got some, uh, we've got some great topics, uh, that we're so excited to continue with you about today. And so Anne's going to go ahead and lead in with those questions. And then we also, uh, Grab some of the questions from last time uh, from from you know the audience people who are following you who are sharing your message um, who are asking questions to help them so that they can go and spread your message further and so we're excited to be able to get into those questions today as well yeah dr. Judy we had such a great response from your from your last interview we had so many people watching I think we've gotten 10,000 views already a lot of people have seen it and come to us with additional questions. And so we got a lot to get to today. Um, are we really wanna dive into the whole vaccine issue and get some real understanding on that because a lot of the questions from people revolve around the vaccines. And you know, you have a lot of people who are kind of living in fear, thinking that the vaccine is the answer here, that that's what we need to kind of get the situation under control. What is your take on, on the need for a vaccine here? Well, I mean, I, I think it's very clear um, that, that, that the virus, this particular virus has already been through our country, that the actual forecast for how dangerous this infection would be, even in the most susceptible, um, has come, you know, many, many fold lower. And I think it's point, you have a 0 0.003 chance of, you know, one in one in a thousand or one in 300 of having any kind of severe sickness um, from this disease or, or certainly not death from this infection. The, the disease is something else and we know the issues surrounding what's causing that. So we don't need a vaccine if we're in fact, we've in fact had a natural herd immunity. So, and in fact, the data show that if you've already um, been exposed and develop antibodies, then in fact, the vaccine could drive um, damage um, on, upon a re-exposure. And there's a lot of data from these types, from the SARS and the MERS vaccine development over the last 20 years that shows, you know, something immunologically called antibody-dependent cellular cytotoxicity. So that's a, that's a thing that can happen and actually drive killing that cytotoxicity means killing your cells. So because you already have an antibody, a vaccine could drive um, a damage to your tissue 
tissues and, and upon a re-exposure. And, and that's, a, I mean, and it's, a, it, it's a deadly reaction. So if we're already immune and if this isn't anywhere near as deadly, why not take simple um, preventative measures um, and, and take, take advantage of that natural herd immunity? Um, and so that's the first statement. And the other, the other critical thing is that the va 20 years of developing any kind of vaccine against these coronaviruses. And in fact, uh, in, in many other RNA viruses, um, and you had, I had a lot of questions like that over the weekend. What was I saying? Well, the, the MMR and we have hepatitis B, we have other RNA viruses or influenza where we have successful vaccines. And that's simply not true. With, they've never been tested to be safe, and, and we know they're not efficacious. That means they don't work, because why do we keep having, you know, to get flu shot after flu shot after flu shot? Um, if you've ever had the flu or you've ever had an influenza shot, they don't prevent infection. They prevent disease. So this is what we were just saying with the antibody. Your, your antibody, your natural immune responses prevent you from getting severe disease when re-exposed. And, and we know the vaccines don't have memory responses. They don't develop natural immune responses as a natural infection would. So, um, so sorry, the cat got out. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, at, at any rate, the um, yeah. So so why would why would we continue to say in, in the press and in, in in anywhere from our health public health officials? You know, we know these shots haven't been tested safe. We know they're loaded with toxins and and what we call adventitious agents, other dangerous viruses and microbial agents like Borrelia, like the, the uh, causative agent of of chronic Lyme disease, like mycoplasma, like mold, driving mast cell activation disorders, you know, all kinds of to chemical toxins, driving chemical um, toxicities, antibiotics, um, um, formaldehyde, detergents. You know, we know all of the components of these shots um, are, are dangerous. So if you've already got a natural immune response uh, and a natural herd immunity, um, why, would you, why would you get any shot? And, and why would you take a risk when never before in the history of, of, of you know, the last three decades have we developed a, a safe and efficacious one that works. And the reason we can say that is no safety testing has been done. And the data clearly from, let's just take measles vaccination and what your audience knows about recent measles outbreaks. Well, what, what happens is the people with the vaccine um, that have been vaccinated are actually the ones, it's the vaccine spraying that's spreading. And when you look at the vaccinated, they make no antibodies upon rechallenge. It's called an anergic, their immune system. And, it, and it's, it's actually a critical level because there's a product called, that your, your listeners and you, doctor, um, may be aware of. Um, called IVIG, uh, intravenous immunoglobulin. That's an antibody. So you give antibodies from 10 normal donors usually. You pool the plasma, you get natural antibodies. Well, one of the FDA qualifications for that 
product to pass spec of those normal donors all the time. And in any given lot of IVIG that you give to people who are immune compromised, who can't make antibodies um, for whatever reason, um, there's one called common variable immune deficiency because it's so common today. And that means you variably can't make certain subclasses of antibodies. Well, that product IVIG in order to be passed as a FDA approved therapeutic has to have a certain level of measles antibodies in it. And, and they simply can't find enough donors who make antibodies because they've been vaccinated. So you have to come to somebody like me and they're not immune. You know, um, and so they don't have a memory. They don't respond. And even worse, you know, it's it's not that they don't respond. They don't respond at all. So it's actually the vaccinated driving these outbreaks. Uh, and, and it does put at risk the very old and the very young. So there's no doubt of that. So this is something that we, we've seen in recent years and, and really have to think about. Um, it really think a lot more seriously about as I've asked, you know, on every ask um, of uh, President Trump is a five-year moratorium on all of these inoculations until the safety testing and until the appropriate testing, as we would do for any any biological therapy, um, is done, and including things like IVIG. I love how you state that. You know, it's not about that vaccinations are bad. It's the way they're being done that's bad. It's, it's you know, it, it's, it's like the science the science needs to be uh, put to, you know, to back up the effectiveness and the safety. And that just hasn't been done. It's like they, they it's like that somehow slid under the rug and got, you know, and got passed up. And, and, and I feel like that's so important because there are some, you know, there's so many things going on right now. And I believe that out of misinformation and out of fear, a lot of people, you know, don't stop to hear what your message is. Your message isn't like necessarily that, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but it's not necessarily that you're anti-vaccine because the concept of vaccines is a good concept, but they need to be tested and they need to be done differently. They need to be clean vaccines. They need to be ones that are not going to cause damage and ones that are actually going to help people. Is that correct? Oh, that's absolutely correct because my entire career, I'm not antibiotics. My, I make immune therapies. That's what a vaccine is. That means you. my whole basis of my whole scientific career is we can educate the immune system to treat and prevent infectious and chronic disease. That's the definition of a vaccine. Educate the immune system so when it sees that agent, that microbe, that bacteria, that pathogen, again, that virus of any kind, then it will respond quickly in, in its armament. It's our, your immune system will say, okay, here's the troops. We've seen that before and 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 clear that before it does damage to to the individual. And and that and and it's, and, and, and none of that work has been done um, large because the liability was removed in 1986 and and now um, there's a big problem now there's a big problem because we haven't done those studies we are censored we and I say we scientists medicine the work isn't funded 
if it, you know, if it, if you are funded for, you know, do, doing honest research, you can't, I mean, we could make safe and effective vaccines and the technology's there and the knowledge is there and the science is there, but we're, and, and the small companies are there, the small businesses are there. And the same thing with other natural product drugs and we're simply not allowed. We don't get funded. We don't get FDA approval, no, you know, and, and, and that's what's wrong with our system right now. So people think, you know, people are misled to think these these um, vaccines have been tested, and it's it's federal law. But that's why you know Bobby Kennedy Jr. and Dell Bigtree, um, you know, had been filing FOIAs and asking for those Freedom of Information Act and asking for those safety data, and and they're just not theirs. None of us are anti-vaccine. It's I mean, they're immune therapies. We absolutely know we can develop. Um, safe and effective immune therapies um, from many different sources, and, and yet we're not allowed. And and the, what is called a vaccine right now is is not only you know unsafe, and and I, and I can say it's unsafe because there's no test that shows me otherwise. And so that I mean, show me it's safe. And then that's what the FOIAs were, and they didn't show a single safety test um, for 36 years. And in fact, just before this outbreak, uh, a judge ordered the Centers for Disease Control to take down um, the, uh, the, the uh, statement that said vaccines don't cause autism because they couldn't show a single study that showed they don't. Didn't say about what they do, but you've, you've got to back up with science what's happening. And, and it's simply not been done. And we're being censored, those of us who say, show me the data. That's all we're asking for. Show me the data. So I know we, we got a couple. Yeah, go ahead, Dr. B. No, I was just I was just wanted to circle back around to the um, circling back around to current to this current strain of coronavirus, just to make sure that the listener can really understand this. Um, we we want to know why the current you know why the vaccine is most likely not going to work. We already know that there's toxins and adjuvants in there that are not dangerous, but let's you know, putting that part aside of it, why, you know, in simple terms, tell us why the vaccine is most likely not going to work, but what would be a good solution as far as immunotherapy well, goes? I, I think, I think si the science behind why it won't work is not clear, but what, what the science is clear is that when the animal studies are done with the from the SARS and the MERS, the, the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome coronavirus and the original SARS coronavirus. All we know is in clinical trials, when these vaccines have been tried in animals and, and even in other humans, they, they drive the disease. We don't know why, but they at the molecular level, we're not exactly sure why. Um, but so all we do know is they hurt people, they don't help people. And so when, when theoretically you can put a lot of theory as to why, um, and, and we could do that, but that takes a lot of time. And that's not being done because of this so-called pandemic situation, which we now know is not the problem we thought it is. So, so, you know, the natural solutions of prevention of glutathione, of vitamin C, of, of type one interferons, of, of hydroxychloroquine in the most susceptible low dose, you know, have these things on your shelf should you 
um, develop a cough should you become symptomatic. If you're not symptomatic, you're healthy, and it really doesn't matter um, what you're infected with. And and um, and and again, it'll it'll just be simple. So we don't know why, but natural therapies, that natural immune therapies against um, these families of viruses have we know these. They've been studied forever. We've talked about we've talked about cannabis therapies. We've talked about other natural products like. Um, Celestrol, which is a, an IL-6, a natural product that breaks the, um, blocks IL-6, so a natural plant. IL-6 is that key inflammatory cytokine that's associated with depression and um, a, a cytokine storm from coronaviruses. So if you've got natural products right now, plants and things and, and solutions like a vitamin C glutathione, we know oxidative stress. We know we're as a population, we're glutathione depleted because of, um, of Roundup, of glyphosate, of toxins in our food, of, of GMO toxicity in processed food. So we get less, we make less um, effective glutathione as, as the glycine in that molecule is replaced by glyphosate. So, so we, we can intracellularly, SOD, um, um, superoxide dismutase is another nuclear um, powerful antioxidants in the nucleus of the cell. Glutathione is in the cytoplasm and we have the vitamin C in the blood. So we can protect, we can protect every border, the nuclear border from genetic damage, from everything we see so the infection doesn't take hold. So our gene expression is in aberrant so that the storm stays on, so that the, the endo cannabinoid system, the dimmer switch on the immune system to say, it's okay. It's just a mild coronavirus. It's okay. So natural products, natural plants, we can fortify ourselves through food. And, and you know, cannabis leaves as a juice have no psychoactive or little psychoactivity at all. Healthy food goes through the gut, prevent um, leaky gut and the damage and, and, and just heal yourself with, with food as medicine and natural products. And as I, I, I mentioned last time, we, I talked to Dr. Daniel Newsom and he already has a plant-based protocol, an herb-based protocol that he's used successfully even with his own family. So physicians, you know, we know energy therapies, we know a lot of light therapy. There are a number of therapies which are totally non-toxic, which can be used both as a preventative which would be, you know, prevent infection, a like type one interferon spray in your mouth. It's it's simple or glutathione spray in your mouth. A virus can't take hold. Um, and 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 you know things like anti-inflammatories, curcumin, other natural product, IL-6 inhibitors. They're they're all there for us. Um, and and that should be our front line of attack. Really, any flu season. And that's exactly what I was just going to say, too. Um, you know, a lot of these types of natural therapies, um, you know, we know we've actually seen it work, not only on ourselves and in our families, but, you know, with our clients, too. You know, we use these same things. And, and you know, what has worked for preventing and helping to uh, naturally, uh, you know, work, uh, naturally treat, you know, the flu is working for this virus as well. And then I was just going to mention one other thing, you know, for the listeners, just to remember that the flu shot on a good year, <laughs> supposedly on a good year has what, what is it up to 30%? You know, uh, I mean, and, and we don't even know if that data is even accurate, but right. what we do know is that it just, it just doesn't seem to work. And again, it's not about the flu shot being 
you know, bad or any of us are against shots or immunizations or whatever, you know, we're talking to an expert who, you know, this is her study is, is on, you know, immune therapies. And, you know, all she's trying to do is just let us see a different side of the coin here that, you know, immunotherapies are amazing and we've got the technology to do it right. But the problem is that we're not seeing it done right at this moment. In fact, it's actually, you know, already harming people, the types of immunotherapies that are out there right now. And that, you know, this, this next one, if it's going to be touted as a solution, we just need to really think about what we're putting into our bodies because there hasn't even, you know, just like any of the other immunizations, there aren't studies being done to back it up. And who are you going to hold liable if something happens to you? And, you know, even worse, sometimes the damage can be so severe, it's irreversible. And so, and so, you know, think about that before you just, you know, run out and grab a shot and think about what other types of alternatives that you have then. And that's what's, a, you know, very disappointing is that we're seeing a lot of this stuff being censored right now. And why on earth would we censor this stuff when it's backed by science? I mean, I could, I, I could pull up 20 articles right now showing how vitamin C can prevent viral replication and, and it can do a lot of other things, help with redox reactions and just a lot of other stuff to really help the body. And why is this stuff being censored? You know, so we just want to provide this information for you. And Dr. Judy, a lot of this stuff, you get into a lot of the science behind this um, in your books, correct? Correct. Um, more so in the first book. And, um, but yes, we get into the science behind it. There's, there are solutions in some of the last chapters of Plague of Corruption, some of those simple solutions and, 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 and working with, you know, doctors, you know, a professor of pediatrics at UCLA. Um, we discuss Laszlo Boros's work with deuterium depleted water and, and, and natural products that can help us have mitochondrial efficiency and efficiency and energy production. Yes, it's, it's, I mean, 40 years of science and and the science for and and I should say that the 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 things we're talking about they are immune therapies they are vaccination strategies vaccination doesn't have to be an injection and and you can and again and so the only thing we're limited to the only immune therapies we're limited to are their injections and 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 you know that's it's clear that's not immunity. I saw some chickenpox questions come up, so I can uh, we can talk about that and, and along this same exact discussion uh, if you'd like. Absolutely. You know, we've got we've got several people asking questions along that same line. You know, wh when you have a baby, of course, you're given a schedule saying your child needs to have all these vaccines by this same date. So how does a parent go about making those choices about whether or not they vaccinate their kids? Because, you know, in recent years, we've seen a lot of parents say, you know what, I'm going to choose not to vaccinate my kids. Right. And then we see, we see some of these diseases like measles and mumps pop up in places across the country. And then you see that being blamed on the people who decided not to vaccinate their kids. Kind of talk about that dynamic there for a minute. Well, it, it, it's a lot like what we're seeing now, uh, you know, in, in, in COVID-19. How can healthy people make people sick? How can people who are either not exposed or have cleared the virus through their own natural immunity make anybody sick? Well, they can't. And, and this is the subject of, of the movie Vaxxed, you know, um, two, the, the people's truth. And I think I have that hat on today. <laughs> 
And, and so Polly told me in that movie, and when you watch that film, what you're going to see is the family show you you know, that their unvaccinated children are the healthiest and they learn from their vaccinated children. So again, they're not anti-vax, they're X-vax as, as their vaccinated children, the heavier the vaccine, um, the, the schedule, the, the more they got in the shorter period of time, younger and younger, um, um, the sicker they are in the family. And then you see a, as a part of that movie showing uh, uh, doctors, and they're not taught anything in medical school. I mean, see, I make the drugs, but doctors are just told use these drugs. So unless you have a PharmD or unless you have a PhD and you're a biological drug developer, you really don't know anything about the drugs. You, you're, you're only told what to use and when. And so they said, all we were taught is a schedule. So here's a schedule. And, and I think the most important thing for your listeners is we had no schedule. I'm 62 years old. You know, I didn't, you know, there's no such thing as a wellness visit. Why would you take a healthy child in a place and give shots that are shedding live viruses in some cases um, and crippling the immune system with aluminum and mercury in other cases? Why would you take a healthy child in there? We never did. You know, when we were five years old and we were in school, we got a cow pox vaccine, which is the smallpox vaccine, you know, and then literally it's put right underneath the skin. So it's not an injection into the blood that would kill people. But those vaccines aren't given anymore because even just giving the infection under the skin to somebody who had another infection going on or something else going on could actually drive the development of, of cancer, even cancer. And we see the, and the reason I read that is I just read a smallpox paper over the weekend where, where a military guy, um, a young man, you know, had another kind of infection. So we, we always knew in our past, you don't vaccinate somebody who's sick. You don't vaccinate somebody who, you know, why would you inject antibiotics into a newborn who's got his mother's immunity because they're, you know, um, they're breastfeeding. And so this all of this information is known. So we've been, we've been told a different scenario is true, that you have to have those shots to develop immunity. And, and, and where's the data? Well, there is none. And whose schedule? You know, I, God's schedule is usually my answer. And, and so this is, you know, parents are really, it, it is when you're fearful. And that's why there's a, in, in, um, uh, Bobby Kennedy's um, forward to, to the book, Plague of Corruption, there, um, that you see there. He discusses things like chickenpox, and he discusses that vaccine and how a very complete study was done some 20 years ago, showing clearly there's not a memory immunity, so, so you're not getting the appropriate immune response. And that's why we're seeing shingles in young children because we're now driving because what shingles is, is the chickenpox virus that is in your immune cells. And now your immune system no longer has control of silencing it. So you wake it up and it infects more and more cells and it gets the nerve damage and the extreme pain. You know, why would you do that? The chicken pot, the shingles vaccine, similarly, why would you inject somebody like like me who had a natural chicken pox infection um, and, and, and lifetime immunity. And what's not happening when we don't have chicken pox parties anymore, who used to preside over those? Oh, the grandparents and the, whoever was taking care of the kids as the parents work. So what was that? A natural booster 
of a natural exposure. So yes, they're shedding the chicken pox and the grandparents are responding with an, an, an adaptive, a memory immunity. And this is, this is the natural cycle of things. So none of us ever got close to shingles because we're not vaccinated. I had natural chicken pox, natural, and lifetime immunity that science is learning. Measles infection can prevent um, breast cancer. So when breast cancer is one in two, um, a natural mean measles infection, and it has to do with what parts of the immune system that virus stimulated, but you're prevented from getting breast cancer. So there are, you know, I don't know, 10 or 20 women in my family, and we all had natural measles infections all the way up to three generations. There's no breast cancer. And we look at the younger and younger, and this is my world. I'm a cancer research scientist. I look at people developing cancers younger and younger. And, and even I'm, I've opined in, in, in vaccine court about the development of acute myeloid leukemia. That's an extremely dangerous leukemia that usually is only really old people as they lose control of a part of their immune system. And that frontline immune response is so tired, it spins out of control and becomes a cancer. Now we're seeing that in in, in, in 20 year olds, in 13 year olds, I'm in Gardasil victims, you know, and, and of course the court says we're insane, there's no data to support that. And, and it's like, okay, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence, that those studies aren't allowed to be done. And in, and in fact, we usually opine the cytokine storm in what I call the disease engine, because we haven't had natural immunity. We haven't had the natural boosters that we've been talking about here. So yes, we're driving the disease. It's accelerated aging because childhood diseases, and we don't have to understand why we're not God. Childhood diseases have benefit. Mumps, is mucin, the mucus in mumps and, and, um, and mucin from that prevents against ovarian cancers. Oh, so now, now we have a huge rates of ovarian cancers that we've never seen before. Acceler and they, the, the, the graph on the curve goes up with the numbers of vaccine added to the schedule. So you just, you know, um, you just cannot simply inject and develop any kind of immunity. There are natural exposure routes, and that's what's so dangerous about the current COVID-19. Why bypass the natural exposure? There's Why this not great protect the elderly. There's this great comment here from Julie in the chat box. It says she got two chicken pox vaccines and a flu shot back in the 90s when the vaccines just came out. She was in her 30s. She got viral meningitis, suffered with chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, and migraines ever since. Last time she got a flu shot, she got the flu, but it's mandated because she works as a nurse. So she has to get these vaccines to work. Um, you see a lot of these chronic conditions will, will follow a person for life in Correct. some cases. Correct, and we've associated them, especially with, as the nurse said, chronic fatigue syndrome, you know, meningitis. We've worked on many kids, oh, you've, you're, they're, they're mandated. So you had mentioned, and I was, thank you for bringing that up, um, you know, college kids. You know, this isn't meningitis going through the dorms in a natural way. This is injected, and 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 you're get we're seeing these things, and and they're deadly responses, and they're mandated. We don't have a choice. We don't have a choice in California. It, you know, it, it, like she said, you know, they're mandated, or she loses her job, or at the time wore a mask. Isn't that ironic? So a nurse who says no to a flu shot could wear a mask. And we used to say, hashtag ask for a mask. 
So what did they do? They turned it around and, and now it's, it's the people with the shots wearing the mask, which again is just gonna hurt them as they amplify the virus within their own lungs as the mask is stressing them out and it doesn't protect their patients. So um, this is a interesting time. And what, what I like to say, but I know it's not, I shouldn't say like to say, what I usually say is, um, um, you know, quit the job, it's not worth your health. Find another way to help people, find another office. I know Dr. Elena Villanueva, let's go holistic, find another way to help, another way to have a job. Even, even as your teachers, many of my family are professors and teachers, and they're as teachers, they're required. And I'm like, start another school and don't require and keep people healthy. That's what, you know, encourage our churches um, to stop taking the tax deduction and start honoring religious freedoms about not having aborted fetal tissue. And it's a, it's a long battle. It's, and so, yes, I mean, the, the shingles that, you know, why do you need a chickenpox vaccine if, you've, if you're 30 years old and you had chickenpox? Well, you don't. And we know the shingles vaccine drives shingles. It's the same epitope. It's the same thing that the immune system's seeing. So why would you inject that if you've already got it sleeping? Let sleeping dogs lie. Why wake it up? And that's what it happens every single time. And you see those horrific, illegal, fraudulent commercials of these horrible lesions. Yeah, that shingle. But it's not coming from a, 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 a you know, it's not because you didn't get the shot. It's because you did even even as far back as your childhood. And that's why um, Dr. Ronald Goldman um, and, and, and Mr. Bobby Kennedy talks about in the, in the introduction about the studies that Dr. Ronald Goldman did paid by the government in the 90s in a very um, good study in Northern California proved exactly what I'm saying right now. And what did they do to it? They covered it up, they buried it, they destroyed, took away Dr. Goldman's fund. And so case after case, report after report, and it's simple language in our second book, Plague of Corruption. So everyone can under, the first book was far more detailed science, but yes, I mean, every shot you don't get is one which preserves your health. So I don't know what we can do in areas that are mandated other than, you know, simply refuse on constitutional um, rights. And one of the, uh, one of the things that I know a lot of people are concerned about is, um, you know, they're concerned, even if they've heard some of the issues with the vaccines, and they may not know enough science, so they're not totally convinced that the vaccines are going to injure their children, but they will be really concerned about, you know, they'll find a statistics out there on, on Dr. Google showing that, you know, oh, if, you know, if my kid gets the measles, they could die. Or if my kid, you know, gets some of these things that they could die. And, and that's why I need to go get the, you know, the immunization. Um, you know, what do you have to say about that? Because we have also, you know, done some education with people about these things. Um, and, you know, but what do you have to say as a science and researcher about these diseases that the parents are afraid that their kids are going to get? Well, essentially, there's a significant amount of data that showed these diseases, you know, yes, before clean sanitation before, before healthy food, you know, it, it, you could, you know, well before the vaccine was introduced, clean sanitation, clean water, healthy food, reduce the incidence in death from measles. Measles infection is not measles encephalitis. 
And in fact, the measles vaccine causes far more cases of measles encephalitis. The polio vaccine causes polio. It's the only thing in this country that has. So if we've eradicated polio, in the last, um, you know, whatever decades, we've only had, you know, one case of polio in this country, where's the risk? So it's a risk benefit ratio that you're looking at. So is my child, you know, why are we giving diphtheria? <laughs> you know, we haven't had 10 cases of dip diphtheria in this country of over 300 million people in, um, uh, in, a year, in, in 10 years. What is the risk? Why do you need to give a two-month-old a diphtheria shot? My grandmother was 94. She had diphtheria when she was a child. She's fine. You know, can we recover with clean food? Yes, and we do. You don't die from the disease. You know your child, we, you know, if you, unless you have a primary immune deficiency or something serious going wrong with, with your nutrition and your health, um, you, you simply, you may not get more than a mild rash. Yes, I had one of the more severe cases of measles um, when I was a child. I had to be in a dark room because it bothered my eyes. So, but we see these sensitivities develop in the vaccinated. And, and so, and a tetanus shot in that other one. Tetanus is only after you step on a rusty nail, and it, and it literally came from horseshit in the streets. Well, we don't have horseshit in the streets anymore. So do you need a tetanus shot when you're two months old, four months old, six months old? With a lot of aluminum. With a lot, so you, you really have to look at risk benefit. And what I should say now is it reminded me, um, uh, Dr. Stephen Baker there in, uh, in Idaho or in Idaho um, did a... Project 180, and I'll make sure that you get this after the show, and it's 30 seconds on 180 seconds on every vaccine on the schedule, showing the risk, showing the chance of getting infection, showing the, you know, that, and, and for every single case, you know, we know the polio vaccine is causing a disease called acute flaccid myelitis. That's polio. And so what the CDC says is you can't call it that because it's a different strain of virus, of enterovirus, one that has now acquired the ability. Most of them only infect the gut and cause a little light diarrhea, but now they infect the brain and they, and they cause polio, acute. And, and so the pediatricians see this disease as polio. And yet the pediatric society says, you can't call it that. The CDC doesn't call it that. And so the families are misled as to what the real data is on these vaccines and the real dangers are. But that Project 180, um, Dr. Stephen Baker, um, uh, that, that will give, and, and I believe it's even free. We might have it on our website, um, but our website um, it went down this weekend. Um, so we're, we're being censored from learning the right information. So I, I, I appreciate that, that um, you know, parents aren't scientists and, and, and really the show me the data is another way that, um, that, um, that the, the medical cabal, the medical media is just fear, 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 fear. Why? And, and that's why it's so important that your listeners watch the movie Vaxxed too. 
the people's truth because it shows you very clearly what the doctors don't know and and the difference in healthy kids i mean we we have people who have never been vaccinated 40 years old never been on a single antibiotic i can't remember i'm 62 years old i got only a oral polio uh, in a in a sugar cube and a uh, um and that smallpox when i was walking around five years old and and so um i i have i had all the childhood diseases i'm never sick i've never had a flu shot and i worked with hiv ebola you name it i worked with the sickest people in the world never once wore a mask never once gave anybody anything and only only got the infection when the government lied and the lab workers were getting contagious mouse cancer causing viruses. And even though I've been infected with those viruses that cause cancer, cause chronic fatigue syndrome, cause all kinds of um, neurological, can drive dementia, can drive arthritis, the inflammatory diseases, I, I have a strong immune system. So, and I know how to prevent with those other immune therapies like we talked about earlier. So I won't get sick if I take care of myself, if I don't expose myself, if I don't drive my immune system into further dysfunction, we can handle a lot. And that's what, that's what we see with HIV. You can now be infected since the 90s. You can get HIV and never get AIDS. And, and so this is the point of all of this. Our goal is to develop healthy immune systems. And that's what, unfortunately, the parents have been misled, that this is the only way to develop a healthy immune system when that's the furthest thing from the truth and they know it. And um, tell us about, I heard you mention that you've worked with a lot of sick people. Was this like a part of the research that you were doing? Tell us about that. Um, always. So for all of my life's research, I've been in what we call translational medicine programs. That's where we have MDs, PhDs, PharmDs, nurses, doctors, and we we actually take the sickest of patients into the hospital. We see them one-on-one. -on -one. You get the PhD eye on it and you get the MD eye on it. And, and you look at, you do all of that real advanced testing to look at the immune function, to appreciate the susceptibility. So I've never worked in a situation where I'm just in a lab. In fact, I never worked with a mouse or a rat or any other animals. I work with humans. I draw the blood, I do the, I develop the tests, I develop the therapy to match the, we call them the biomarkers the, that, that fit the drug. So we do every level of it and, and, and always have. I meet, with the, I meet with the MDs, with the patients. We still do that um, in our consulting um, role. We look at every drug somebody's taking, we look at drug interactions because we know what they are and we tailor personalized medicine protocols to them. And I've done that in industry and government, you know, literally my entire life. You can't develop a drug um, unless you know um, if you, your patient population, unless you know the other interactions. And that's one of the big problems in vaccines. Never have they, nobody ever considers when you send an elderly person in to get a flu shot, how many blood pressure medicines are you on? How, you know, how, how many other medications are, what's the interactions between the components? And, and that's what we do, and that's what's never been done. That's why this, this 
entire situation is so dangerous. And that's why we're seeing so many injuries um, um, from these shots because it's never considered. You know, Dr. Judy, um, while you mentioned the flu vaccine, I know there's been a look at Italy and the number of cases of COVID and the deaths from COVID that they had um, in that country. And I know it's been looked at how many of those people had the flu vaccine to look for some connection there. Explain why, why that's being looked at and why that could be a factor there. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've been roundly lambasted and misquoted in the past weeks about, um, you know, what I'm saying about uh, flu vaccines driving these pandemics. And um, I think the I think the level of the attacks on me for saying these things tell you we've really hit a nerve because they won't do those testings. There are others in Italy. In fact, I need to call back that guy who wants to, uh, who is Italian and wants to have a radio show with us. Um, Doctors Gotti and, and Lolonari, I think it is Stefano and, and, and Antoinette have published papers that that flu vaccine that was used starting in early 2000. 19 there had four components, three different strains of influenza, four different strains of influenza, including H1N1. And H1N1, as you know, was an extremely dangerous upper respiratory infection. So why would you take elderly compromised, just as we're saying now, and, and use a brand new vaccine, never tested in the population, no consideration of what the drugs they're on. And, and what I stand by it is this vaccine was grown in dog kidney cells. And dogs have many coronaviruses. Do they have SARS-CoV-2 in these vaccines? I didn't say that, but they do have coronaviruses because they grew them in the cell line and they didn't clean them up. So you've added a number of different, what we call adventitious agents. And if, as I was saying earlier, if being exposed to a coronavirus and then coming back with a natural infection gives you an explosion in a vulnerable elderly person with the same diseases. You've got a death on your hand and it's scientifically plausible. It's a plausible mechanism of disease response and, and we're censored for saying it or attacked viciously for saying these things when this is a very plausible scientific theory that has happened in, in, in every other situation of a SARS or a MERS or even simple flu vaccines during H1N1, during swine flu, during bird flu. We know that, that in susceptible people, that cytokine storm is too high because of those shots and you're dying because of those shots exacerbating the disease. Simple. I think that's so important, uh, you know, that you explain that to people because people want answers. Mm -hmm. Yet when you give a plausible answer, there, you know, there are some people that are not wanting to hear that or not wanting that information to give out, you know, to get out. And you know, if if all of the doctors and scientists, uh, you know, who already understand this as a plausible concept 
if they can, you know, if everybody can just get together and work together on this, you know, we can figure out a much better solution. And that's what everybody is wanting. Everybody's wanting a good solution. You know, we're all trying to get the message out there. Like, let's all work together and get a good solution for this. But what we're seeing again is, you know, all of the censoring of that. And instead they're, you know, they're most likely going to come out with this, you know, incredibly quick development of a vaccine that we know hasn't been tested. And listeners, I hope that you're hearing this. This hasn't been tested. Do you want to be the guinea pig? Because I don't want to be the guinea pig. I don't want that. And yet they're going to mandate on this. And it's no different than in this flu shot they gave, the flu shot they gave us this year. None of them are being tested and we're all guinea pigs. And now we're all at great risk. Nobody's saying we're not at great risk because we've been lied to. And we're only allowed in this country to have one voice. You know, Tony Fauci knows very well he's lying to Congress when he says the measles vaccine doesn't cause encephalitis, inflammation of the brain. It's right there on the package insert from the manufacturer as required by law. Yes, it can. So why is Tony Fauci lying today and saying these flu vaccines can't drive the disease? There are several publications over many years that say they can drive upper respiratory infections from other viruses, including corona family viruses, including respiratory syncytial family viruses, including, including, including. So they they twist the argument, they twist the thing, and only one voice is allowed in this country in the sense Censorship is the the most important thing. And when they start mandating, um, you know, unconstitutional mandates of untested, unsafe, unlawful, you know, these are, it's criminal not to have done a single safety study in in 30, more than 34 years on these vaccines. That was required by the federal law, the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Act of 1986, required that the HHS, Health and Human Services, FDA, CDC, all of these agencies do those tests. And they've simply ignored it. But they've not only simply ignored it, they've advertised on TV something different. They've bullied parents, they've bullied doctors, they've threatened their, their licenses when they find out differently, when they do their homework, or they've, they've simply ruined their careers um, as they did mine. You know, they're still, I mean, so we're only allowed, the data are the data. And so to, to tell someone that you can only interpret the data according to one set of, of um, opinions, of medical opinions, you know, that's, that's um, fascism, that's, that's communism, that's not, that's not free speech, that's not free science. So, so the, the, our, our country is being misled. You know, why are doctors muzzled? Why can't, you know, the data are the data, not in, not in my entire career. Have I ever used statistics? I show data. I don't, I don't, I don't cover things up. I don't cover associations up. I show the data in the paper. Now, my, my colleague and I, my colleagues and I can disagree on the interpretation of that, those data, but it's, but it's fraud to misrepresent the data that the scientists don't, don't interpret that way. And that's what's been done by the journals now for many scientists, not just me. And that's what Bobby outlines in, in the forward to the book. And we can start seeing this over a 30 or 40 year time of, of how the government has ruined careers because you don't get funded, because you don't get your papers published. And if you don't get your papers published, um, 
you, you don't get funded and you don't get, and it's a circular argument and you don't hold the post and you don't educate. Um, and, and the people who are educating people right now are simply, um, you know, telling our students lies. And now our students are, you know, not learning real immunology. And, and, and it's, it's difficult to take. There's, yeah, the, the you know, it's just, we're, we're human experimentation right now. You know, Dr. Judy, for a second, let's um, let's switch gears a minute. You, let's talk about what people should be doing. You mentioned in our last interview that your husband has COPD. Correct. What are you all doing to stay healthy and to stay well? You know, during this time. Well, we're doing exactly what what I'm preaching, um, and we do it every year. So he's I when I met him, he was 62, uh, uh, and and ha and I was 42, and he had had that pneumonia 30 years earlier. So what he was doing was he was getting flu shots and pneumonia shots because he had pneumonia. You need to have a prevention. And and what uh, when I first met him, and he had c considerable cardiovascular issues, considerable. Um, iron, um, low iron um, in, in the blood, anemia, and, and things like that. And, and I simply took one look at it, and we removed him off of all medicines. I did what I said today. I mean, he's on one one blood pressure medication now, but we've we've repaired the damage through natural products. He takes a spray of glutathione every morning. He takes a spray of type one interferon every morning. During the winter months, we drink hot lemon water. We're blessed to live in California here in Ventura where there are many, many great lemons. And so we drink lemon water. We do, we go out in the sunshine, we take walks. Um, he's far healthier than he than he was when I when I met him and I went into his you know he was really getting some of these vaccines because I didn't feel the need to go to his his doctor of 42 years um, until until very recently so a number of years ago I walked in and said no more shots and the doctor said I was waiting for you because they're not allowed to say it or they get their license is at risk Right. So unless people educate themselves. So what we do is everything I've just said, we get exercise, we go out, we had great, we had weekend parties all, all weekend long. We, we had some good parties for Mother Day, for birthdays, for friends. We eat really great food. We go to our farmer's market um, and, and we keep ourselves healthy. We try not to eat processed food. We, we drink clean water. We, um, you know, we drink Fiji water because um, it, it's been demonstrated experimentally by Chris Exley and his colleagues to be able to remove aluminum. And yes, we're faced with a lot of environmental toxins, but um, uh, we, we rarely get sick. We cough a lot because he's got COPD and I have, I have congenital lung. So we go out and cough and it's like, honey, don't cough. And people look at us now with such anger when we cough. And it's like, I always cough, you know. Um, I was in the liquor store getting a really nice IPA because that's so good for you as far as your gut microbiome and the fermentation. And we get we get resveratrol from our red wines, and you know we don't you know we drink clean, not toxic. We don't drink a lot, but we calm, we enjoy, we we do um, you know healthy teas, um, bitters, you know uh, bitters, and and even quinine. So we, a little gin and tonic was the order of the day this this weekend. And, and so healing and, and and we're we're just we're healthy you know we live good old-fashioned health 
It's not about medicine. It's about health. Yeah. So that, that makes me, that just really warms my heart. It makes me really happy to hear that you guys are just living, you're just living your life. You're not taking these, you know, added precautions of putting a mask on him, or you're like desanitizing yourself before you come in the house and stuff like that. Instead, you're focusing on what can you do to, to keep his immune system supported, to keep inflammation down, to give him the ingredients that his body needs so that his body can do what it needs to do and work properly. Oh, absolutely. We use a eucalyptus aerosolizer. So we put on that. Remember when we used to do just even from our tea kettle, just to clear eucalyptus. I, we use, uh, we use uh, there's a company called Pure Haven and they make beautiful essential oil cleaning. No, we don't use toxic. We don't use, um, like he, he made a mistake of buying a trash bag that had lavender. And I mean, every time I walked in the house, that smell made me sick. I'm like, honey, please, no smells, no perfume. You're coughing horribly. And this is what's hurting as, as grocery stores use these toxic chemicals. That's inflaming. And if you wear the mask, you're like just, it's not a good thing. You're concentrating those. You're driving. Yes, no. There's nothing preventive about a mask for somebody with COPD. You don't do it. He can pass out. It can accelerate his disease. And and yeah, no, that we don't do anything other than clean everything. I, I, earlier this year, I don't know if you're, uh, there's a meeting called liveaware.com. So liveaware.com earlier this meeting year, it was the last meeting I think I attended. Um, you can find it online um, and it tells you all about everything from this year's focus was 5G, but every year there's a different focus and, um, and it's essentially just people everywhere teaching good old fashioned clean living and, and that's the best thing we can do for our health. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Judy, one last question I want to squeeze in here because a lot of people are asking about this. What about UV light or temperature? Do either of those things have an effect on this virus? A absolutely temperature. So, I mean, <laughs> it it's silly, but bl blow a hairdryer in your nose. But that's why we used to get under a tea kettle and we used to put mentholatum, remember the menthol rub, and then, and then sit there and just breathe in eucalyptus or essential oils like oregano oil, and those are anti-infective. So yes, that's why the hot lemon water, because in your nasal passages, that lemon, you can really, and we make it really pungent, and we use the peel, so you get some of the other natural essential products. And, and so yes, even blowing a hairdryer in your nose will keep kill these well before they get into your bloodstream, and they're at all um, pathogenic, but I don't encourage that. Energy therapies, we have a little UV light. That's how we used to decontaminate our labs. We have a little UV light and, and you can buy them in Amazon. And so we just literally shut our eyes, shine the light, and, and we're fine morning or night, depending, you know, if he, if he becomes, I've, I've noticed him wheezing a little bit at night lately. And I think it's more, it's more that the, the, the insurance company took him off the inhaler he was on and we can't get the cannabinoid vape that he was on because it's not essential. So, so the, the, the insurance, he only takes one thing and the insurance company stopped him from taking it and said, oh, this is, this is just as good. No, it's not. I read the chemicals in it and I've been arguing with his doctors and, you know, and now I'm sleeping with a little kitty because you can hear him, you can hear him wheeze all night long. And so when he does that, 
that I do a little bit more on the eucalyptus at night. Absolutely heat, absolutely UV lights. That's how you decontaminate surfaces. Turn the light on. You know, it, it works for everything. It's simple and, and the phototherapy can actually kill things in your nasal passages for sure. That's a really good, that's a really good share. I love that because we are, you know, we have learned so much about uh, different types of light therapy over the last 15 to 18 years. And yeah. it's, it's incredible. I remember, I remember when we had some reps come to my sports medicine practice, you know, probably 16 years ago. And they were talking to us about like cold laser light therapies and stuff. Back then I wasn't convinced. I wasn't the first one to go out and buy the new toy. Um, but you know, since then, like there really actually is a lot of science behind it and it works incredibly well. Um, I actually have a question. Do you have a couple more minutes? Cause we certainly don't want to take oh, your yeah. time. I'm fine. No, we, we rescheduled a lot of things. I, uh, I struggle sometime with Eastern time and Pacific time. So I thought I had an 1130. It turned out to be an 830. So I think we're going to reschedule with Pastor Greg for later in the week. Okay. Okay, good. So someone is asking um, about, you know, she's hearing that they're making, that they're going to make the vaccine mandatory. And that on top of that, that they're going to want to put chips in them um, is this likely to happen, and how can people refuse that? Well, that's that's what we're fighting so hard for, to educate everybody. Yes, refuse it. Yes, stop. Yes, there is a plan to chip us all, follow us all. That's why we refuse to social distance, because that's how you can track us if we're shot. You know, no, we, we all have to say it's unconstitutional such that we will not walk through where somebody... Um, you know, checks our temperature to go into a grocery store. We bit, we, we, we put tags, name, we built name tags that we laminated and clip on our shirt that says the American Disabilities Act or HIPAA Act, we, you know, require by law that I not wear a mask, that you not, you know, that you not chip me, you not vaccinate, you don't apply anything I don't agree to in the, in, in the store. And there's a $75,000 fine for the first violation. So when they see that, they quickly back off. I mean, we just literally clip it to my husband's shirt and, um, and, and, and use it that way. So I, I say to that, yes, that's why we're fighting so hard now. If we don't stop this for a uh, for a nothing flu, for Wuhan flu, which yes, and I'm not gonna say it's nothing in the vulnerable, but we know how to prevent it as we've talked about um, throughout the show. But for a healthy person and, and that healthy people who are clearly already immune or clearly not going to get sick and not going to pass virus, to chip everybody, to require us all to stay six feet apart. Um, you know, this is what we have to fight. And, and, and the easiest way to fight it is don't do it now. Take off the mask, go hug your family, go out like we're doing. We, we have a a club and we stood out on the deck, you know, hugging and kissing and <laughs> and enjoying good food and sunshine on Saturday at a party. We did the same thing at a Mother's Day party. Go out because when people see you, even your family members, it's like, you know, <laughs> leave the mask at the door. You're not coming to mom's day party. <laughs> you know? But that we didn't even have to say that in our families because, you know, it's just and when everybody sees you and says, you know, oh, you're not sick. No, we're healthier than ever, and 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 people are going to just take back their freedoms, and 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 this is the time because if we don't do it now, 
um, we don't, we won't even bother, you know, we won't even need to have these conversations because, um, you know, we won't, we won't have a choice. We don't have a choice in many states right now. And this is what we have to do is, is, is get these legislators out of office. No Governor Newsom of California, you have absolutely no right to take away my constitutional freedoms, my body's choice, my anything. This has nothing to do with the public health clear from all the data. It has nothing to do with the public health. It has to do with control. And, and the mask is a muzzling and driving fear and driving hate. And we simply won't participate. We'll continue to speak the truth in love and, and we will not bow down. Yeah. And that's all we keep saying. And anybody we can get out, I can't, I, if, if people walk through and they talk to me with hate, all I, I really, or, or with a mask on in fear and look at me as if I'm hurting them, I simply stop and pray for them. I don't say anything. I just, you know, hope that, that God will wake them up and show them that that person they've lived with for 20 years um, is, is not going to give them anything they haven't had before. So it's yeah. like you're is not going to make you sick. Your children aren't going to make you sick. Yeah, a flu can run through a household, but if we all wash our hands and, and again, eat clean food and, and, and just um, take care of ourselves, we'll all be just fine. And that's what we need to wake everybody up to, um, the insanity of all of this. Yes, I would agree to that. And I would say to the, to the person asking this, and, you know, Carol, it's, you know, how do you refuse this? You're in a free country. Well, it's not so free right now. So thing, thing, yeah, thing, things did start changing after 9-11, right. but we have to be careful. You know, this is our country. It's not theirs. It's ours. And we have to stand up. You know, if you don't want someone putting, forcing you to put something in your body, remember who you are. You're an American and, yeah. you, and you were born into this country with rights. So we all need to stand up for that. You know, if you don't want to have an immunization put into your body that hasn't been tested for safety, that hasn't had these tests, you know, the testing done, if you don't want to put something in your body that you know has toxic adjuvants or additives in it, that is your choice. And, you know, we may have to do things that we've never seen or that are even maybe our, our grandparents, if they're younger, that they haven't seen before either. But you know, and that is to stand up for our rights and take our constitutional rights back, you know, and, and, you know, if we don't do it, then what are we leaving for our children and our grandchildren? And I'll be honest that I cried yesterday about that. Mm -hmm. I broke down and I cried for a few minutes because, you know, it, gonna, it kind of makes me teary eyed right now. You can hear it on my voice because I, I'm a grandmother and I have two grandchildren and I know that like, I know my genetics and I know my son's genetics. And so I can imagine and kind of guess what my grandson's genetics are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have a family history of a lot of methylation mutations in our genes, a lot, not just NTHFR for those of you who know that we have a lot of them. And, you know, and I'm, I'm, I would be concerned even if we didn't have that, but we do. And it's very, very concerning to me that there could be the possibility that people are going to force something into my grandson or my granddaughter, you know, or even my son, you know, and then they're going to get sick from it. And I'm going to be screaming from the rooftops, like somebody needs to do something, somebody needs to help, but then the damage is already going to be done and nobody's going to be liable for it. And I'm not going to have a voice. 
And so we're just trying to help give you a voice. Like you can choose to do what you want either way. I, I can, I can, you know, Dr. Judy, I hope I'm speaking for you correctly here. Either way, if you choose to get it, to get these vaccinations, then go for it, do it. But that's your freedom. That's the freedom that you have to make that decision for what's going to go in your body and how you choose to take care of yourself. And then those people who don't want to do it, you also have a right to make that choice. And that's just very, very important. And then on top of that, you know, just to get the right education on it, look, you know, nobody here is trying to hurt anybody. All of the people that are speaking up as loudly as we can is to try to help give you an opportunity for what we believe is going to help save people, right? And so this is coming from a place of love and it's coming from a place of, you know, of, of servitude that we want to help people, right? And so, um, you know, thank you for sharing that with us, you know, Judy, this is just super, super important. Your message is so important. Right. And, and, and as, as you're, you're saying exactly what we're saying, you know, I can't do anymore. I can't even help some of my own family because they won't listen to me. They say we have doctors and they say otherwise. And again, I just stop and pray for them and there's nothing I can do. So I've already taken and I have never given up my rights um, and, and I won't. Um, but um, I can't do more than that. I can't. I mean, I talk for free. You know, people think I'm making a lot of money. You know, we don't make any money on this book. This book was heavily vetted or the last book. I think we make a penny a copy. And I think maybe on the first book, which has been out since 2014, collectively, we may have made a few thousand dollars for hundreds, if not thousands of hours of work, years of work. It, we're, not, we're not here to make money. I don't, I go on these shows for free. I talk to you. I don't, you know, I don't charge people in my consulting business, you know, because I don't want to charge the victims, you know, education should be free and we shouldn't be censored in this country and we're censored. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here as we talk and here comes the wall street journal on my phone and here's the New York times. I mean, hatchet jobs. Uh, I, I was uh, one of my um, longtime friend friends who's a doctor uh, wrote me an email last night and he said, uh, he said, I'll put only one thing in the email. And it was, it was a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. It said, um, uh, um, great minds discuss ideas, mediocre minds discuss events and simple minds discuss people. So the character assassinations should simply, you know, Hey, you don't have to do what Dr. Judy Mikovit says. You have a right to choose what your doctor says, as long as you're informed, as long as you're giving informed consent and that physicians really know and they're not being taught. It's not their fault either. So as we all learn and we all educate, that's all we're trying to do. So, you know, freedom in the United States of America is all we're there for. Exactly. So, so well said, Dr. Judy, we appreciate your time today. We absolutely love you and we support you. Um, and, and, you know, if there's anything else that we can do to help you spread your message, you know, please let us know. We're here to help you in any way that we can. Um, and, uh, and for all of you listening, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, we know that you're so busy. And, um, you know, if we do get an opportunity to go into um, a third part interview with you. And if there's anything in particular that you want to share, um, you know, please, please let Ann and I know. 
um, you know, and uh, and if not, we respect and love all of, all of the time that you've given to spread your message with us. Um, and, and I just want to say blessings well, to you. Thank you so much. Dr. Daniel Newsom rang in. So if you could have him on the show and discuss his protocol, he just rang in as we, as, as you were talking. So if, if you could have him on the show, because he discussed with me a few nights ago and he has a therapy, you know, of course that can work. And so he can really educate your, um, for COVID-19, uh, uh, and that, you know, can help your audience a great deal. And so, yes, I hope we do have other opportunities to talk and, and, um, you know, I, I love talking to your audience um, and, and just sharing whatever education. So it's a message, as we said, um, speaking truth in love and, and, and for your, your audience, anything they want to ask, we'll continue to ask questions and, you know, just give me a buzz next time you want to talk. I absolutely will. And I'll be reaching out to Dan today. If he wants, if he's got some stuff to share, I absolutely love him. So I will be uh, yeah. getting in touch with him as soon as we get off this call. Sounds great. All right. Thank you, Dr. Judy. We love you. Love you too. Thank you. Bye. Thank appreciate you. everything you do. Thank Bye. you. We appreciate you too. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, for those of you wondering if we're going to have this recorded, we are definitely going to have this um, recorded for you. And uh, if you haven't yet signed up for our newsletters, you can go to modernholistichealth.com, modernholistichealth.com. You can sign up at the very top of the page for our newsletters. We've got a newsletter coming out in the next 10 days or so, and it's going to have part one and part two that we had with Judy Mikovits on there so that you can share it with all of your friends and all of your family. Thank you. Thanks so Bye. much. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye.